Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where now it's golf season and you can use code DNVR when you sign up to get some really cool offers on the Masters, where a simple $5 bet can win you a series of $25 in free bets for every birdie. The 2020 U.S. Open winner Bryson DeChambeau sinks this upcoming weekend in the Masters. All that from DraftKings Sportsbook and more. Again, use code DNVR at the sign-up. Super easy. On today's DNVR Rockies show, I, your host, Patrick Lyons, is going to take you through the general news and notes as per usual. We're going to talk about Home Run Derby X. Have you heard about this? Home Run Derby X. Very, very interesting what MLB is trying to do to broaden the scope of our sport that we love so much. We're going to check in on our player preview series, which I teased on Monday's podcast. Hopefully you've already seen a little bit of that going around on social media. If not, head on over to our YouTube channel to see the first two all about Kyle Freeland and Brendan Rogers. We'll give you some audio from that here in just a moment and talk about some general miscellaneous News and notes in and around the game of baseball before getting you a little bit hyped up for opening night. Yes, minor league baseball comes back ahead of major league baseball for probably the first time ever. Certainly the first time in in any of our lifetimes. But AAA is getting started on Tuesday night. So we'll talk a little isotopes and where some of these minor league players are going to be situated this season. And you're going to hear some audio from some of those minor league player. So it's a jam-packed show. Let's jump right into it. Transaction for the day by the Colorado Rockies. One good, one bad. And you certainly were expecting the good one. The bad one kind of took us all by surprise. Ty Block, no surprise there. The Regis Jesuit High School left-hander who was a really good fit, possibly as the fifth man in the rotation, certainly as a long man in the bullpen, and maybe now just as a one-inning guy to get out some serious left-handed bats to team up with Lucas Gilbreth. He was added to the 40-man roster 
He was a non-roster invite coming off that Tommy John surgery from about a year ago, made his debut with the Giants, you may recall, after finishing up with the Orioles. But Block has done an amazing job in spring training and is going to add a serious veteran presence to the bullpen. But him being added to the 40-man means somebody has to come off, and no one got designated for assignment. No one was released or waived, so that's good, except you create room on the 40-man by putting Ryan Rollison on the 60-day IL. The bad news just continues to keep coming for this young man out of Mississippi University, Ole Miss. He's a Tennessee boy, and he had a lot of bad luck last year. If you remember, he had a segmented season with some unlucky injuries first. Uh, he had an appendectomy. His appendix was was all set to burst there. And while shagging fly balls in the outfield, broke his hand. Freak accident. Now he has a left shoulder strain and is still going to have to wait to make that big league debut. Very, very disappointing to see that. Peter Lambert was also placed on the 10-day IL. He was already sent down to Albuquerque, so that'll create a little bit extra room on that starting staff. But those were two of the young guys that going into the offseason you hoped would be ready for the fifth spot in the rotation. But you always want to make sure you protect those guys, and the Rockies do have some insurance, so those injuries aren't detrimental to the big league club. We hope those guys can get themselves back into some good health, hopefully by at least the second half of the season. Thomas Harding of MLB.com said on Monday night's broadcast with Jack Corgan over there on KOA that he felt that manager Bud Black may look to Daniel Bard as the closer for Colorado, or at least to start the season as the Rockies' closer. Very well likely having to do with Bard's abilities to get very valuable strikeouts and maybe a little bit having to do with the fact that Colme has still yet to have the full experience with altitude for a prolonged period of time and feel the impact or get a feeling for the impact that thin air has on off-speed pitches. So I'm a little bit surprised by this. However, I'm, I'm very much okay with it because the key words in what Thomas had mentioned in the speculation was start of the year, which that, that means something to me is that you know that that indicates that's probably not how it's going to be but for the benefit of everyone and most importantly the team hey let's start the year off with bard taking this rollover in the ninth see how he does and even if he ends up doing a good job column a you brought in to close out games in the ninth and you know what honestly if bard's getting the job done in the ninth then he's the closer. Great. That's fine because Colome, I think, is still a really good asset. I think he showed last year, even after he lost the job as the closer with the Twins, that he's still capable of going out there and having a good outing, even if it isn't for the final three outs with the game on the line. I think you saw that a little bit last year with Craig Kimbrell. Oh, boy. When he came over to the White Sox, he could not get into any rhythm pitching the eighth inning in front of Liam Hendricks. It just did not work out whatsoever. Rather strange. It was was almost extreme the way he wasn't able to do the job in the eighth like he did just one inning later. So Colome, we'll kind of wait and see what happens, and we'll wait and see 
on opening day. Maybe on Friday, we'll get a taste right away as to who is the closer. But if it's Daniel Bard, that's fine. They can always switch. They've got really good candidates. They've got Estevez, and they've got Colome. And if things continue to go as well as they've been for a guy like Robert Stevenson, hey, maybe he's the guy you give the ball in the ninth inning. Now, in Monday night's game, it was pretty exciting back-and-forth contest to a degree between the Rockies and the Brewers there at Salt River Fields, the final night game of spring training. Your final day game is going to be today against those Cleveland Guardians. They're at Salt River Fields. Rockies will be off on Wednesday. They're also off on Thursday, but baseball will be back on Thursday as the start of the Major League Baseball season goes down there on April 7th. But back and forth contest, Herman Marquez gave up two earned runs there in the first inning before settling in and looking really good. He threw four scoreless frames after that, only gave up one point. Only gave up one hit after that point. Struck out eight in his five innings of work overall. 74 pitches. Guy looks ready to start game two of the year. Though we've yet to get confirmation. And with everything that went down here in the closers role, you could say, you know, Bud Black did not want to tip his hand. And go ahead and say that Colome was his closer. Well, he went the opposite way. Well, Bud has not gone ahead and said that Marquez is his number two starter. He's left the door open for Sensatella to start game two. And so maybe Marquez is starting the day game on Sunday against the Dodgers. We're we're just going to have to wait and see what happens either way. Buddy has himself two really talented guys to fall in line after Kyle Freeland gets the nod on opening day. Bullpen didn't look so good. They coughed up some runs. Chasin, Estevez, Colome. Hey, too bad, so sad. Not not that big of a deal. At the plate, Rockies scored in bunches somewhat. Lineup really looked a lot like what we could see on opening day against right-hander Walker Bueller. If, if you didn't get a chance to see what that lineup looked like on Twitter, either the DNVR Rockies account, at DNVR Rockies on Twitter, or my account, at Patrick D. Lyons, it was Charlie Blackman, as the DH leading off, Chris Bryant in left field, batting third behind him, Brendan Rogers. Interesting choice there by the Rockies coaching staff. Hitting cleanup, CJ Crone at first base, batting fifth, playing third base, Ryan McMahon. In right field, Randall Gritchick batting sixth, catcher Elias Diaz seventh. In center field, Sam Hilliard batting eighth, and bringing up the rear, Jose Iglesias at shortstop. So again, Connor Joe, you might be disappointed to not see him on opening day, but he's a right-handed hitter. He does much better against the lefties, and I think we are going to really have an opportunity to see what Sam Hilliard can do this year, especially because you know he, he doesn't have true splits where he does way better against righties than lefties. It's not exactly like that, but Connor Joe is you know a little less effective against right-handers, so you might as well let Hilliard see as many righties as possible. Do that thing. Again, what he brings defensively is great. I'm pretty happy to see Gritchick over there in right field and Hilliard in center. I think that gives you a really solid defensive lineman. And Blackman has DH. He's a professional. He'll get over it. You know, he likes to be out there on the field. And I think we will still see him out there in right field. You know, the over and under 81 games, you know, half the season. I would I would tend to take the under on that. 
as far as how much we see Charlie in right field. If everyone's healthy, look, you've got some young guys out there that can patrol the outfield with some serious defensive abilities. I mean, an outfield of, of Hilliard, Daza, and Hampson is pretty darn good defensively. Go ahead and, and substitute Chris Bryant in there, who I, I don't think he's coming off the bench for really any of those three guys. But if we're just talking about defensively, all those guys are you know a lot younger than Chuck. And Randall Gritchick, you know has some of that center field ability. So Rockies have flexibility here in the lineup. So that's that's really good to see. As I said, Rogers batting behind Bryant was the most curious one, but it ended up coming in as a factor there in the third inning where Bryant notched a two-run double and Rogers immediately drove KB23 home with an RBI single in the third. Jose Iglesias had an RBI double. They also had Charlie Blackman with a solo home run. So all in all, you know, a, a good day despite the result here for the Rockies. This is usually the time I tell you to get your butts down to the corner of Colfax in York to check out one of our wonderful watch parties at the DNVR bar. And yeah, I'm still going to say that again and remind you that your membership does get you a member-sized beer when you're at the bar as well as price breaks on the Broncos tailgates, Nuggets party bus, Rapids party bus, the Rockies party bus, should we get one going for that. But here's a good spot to tell you that on opening day on Friday at Ice House at 11 a.m. It's going down. We're going to have plenty of the DNVR personalities there doing their thing, rooting on the Rockies for anyone that may not have a ticket, but still they want to stay in that Lodo area and get the vibe. We're going to be dropping two brand new Rockies themed shirts. You're not going to want to miss out on that i'm sure there's going to be some wonderful giveaways as normal especially like when we have a watch party at the bar you get extra raffle tickets with your membership not really sure what they've got planned for that look even if you just want to come down and hang out you can't miss out ice house right nearby coors field on friday it starts at 11 a.m get yourself geared up first pitch at 2 10 p.m against the dodgers only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. And when you're down there, of course, you want to tap into some Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. But you also should check out the good company Heart Seltzer, which we now have available at the DNVR bar. You can get yourself the 15 can sampler, a wonderful little variety pack that not only benefits Breckenridge Brewery, obviously the maker, but it allows them to donate certain profits to the National Parks Conservation Association, which they've been doing for quite some time, long before the Marshall fires. They were doing that to help prevent forest fires by donating profits to National Parks Conservation Association this year. So check them out. Get yourself in good co and good company with Good Company Hard Seltzer by Breckenridge Brewery. Before I go ahead and play you the audio from episode one of our player preview series again, if you haven't checked that out already on the YouTube channel, Kenneth Weber from Purple Row, Kevin Henry, who you should be pretty acquainted with. He's been on the podcast many, many a time. And myself, we make some bold predictions about Kyle Freeland. But before you hear that audio, I want to talk to you about Home Run Derby. Actually, you might not have heard too much about this. It's something that you can just kind of put on the back burner for right now. But when it, it rears its head, it's... I think it's going to be pretty fantastic. Really, 
really fantastic. So listen to this whole thing. Listen to my take maybe before you make any judgments because I've already heard some people make judgments without really understanding what's happening with Home Run Derby X. So this is something that MLB is doing that's being marketed as a global bracket style competition. Now, not any competition for any serious bragging rights. It is a way to take the game of baseball to parts of the world that may not typically be used to baseball. The three international cities that they're going to be going to in 2022 are London, Seoul, and Mexico City. Now, again, this is to increase awareness of the game. Get eyes on the game of baseball. And they're going to do that by trying to pull away some of the noise that can make baseball very challenging and, and allow fans to just focus on those exciting elements. Because as much as you love baseball, no matter what sport you love, no matter what person you love, there are certain downsides that come with that person. You say, hey, you know what? You got to take the good. You got to take the bad with that. And so I might love every element, every aspect of baseball, but I understand that a lot of people don't. And I don't, I don't fault you for the dead time of waiting in between. Sure, it lasts for some great conversation, but let's get to it. And strikeouts and walks, not very sexy, but home runs are, and that's what Home Run Derby X is trying to do. So here's, here's how it's going to work because it's going to be a little bit of a, a tournament. There's going to be four teams that are represented in this international scheme they have going on. And it makes sense that you'd have the four biggest teams out there. Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, the marquee team names that people from all over the world can recognize and associate, not just with MLB, but with the sport of baseball. Four people will represent each of these teams. A legend, that's a notable player. In recent history, you want to get someone who's still young enough that they can hit a couple home runs. A superstar, which is someone from the world of softball. A rookie, aka minor league prospect. And a wild card, which is pretty much someone who's a content creator. Someone who, in the buildup to these three different destinations, will keep track of how difficult it is to hit a baseball and what they're working on and things of that nature. And so I think that is a perfect combination of people that you want to get involved in an exhibition like this. For the legends, you got Nick Swisher representing the Yankees, Giovanni Soto for the Cubs. Yeah, that one is the only one that might stand out as odd. Johnny Gomes for the Red Sox and Adrian Gonzalez for the Dodgers. Now, if and when the Rockies participate, you know. Come on, think about this. If the Rockies get involved in this in 2023, even if it's uh, 2026, there's one name you know you want to be there to represent. That's exciting. He's got that great swing and great finish. Great smile. Carlos Gonzalez. He's got to be the HRDX, the Home Run Derby X representative for the Colorado Rockies. So. Let me, let me let you know how this works. So you've got a smaller field than normal. So it, it is like a home run derby, right? There's going to be some targets on the field and you're going to get points for hitting the target. You're going to get points for hitting home runs. And the defense is going to get points for catching the ball in the air. So it's going to go both ways. It's going to be interesting. Hitters are going to get 25 to 35 pitches to do any kind of damage. They even get a chance to turn on a, a hot streak 
which allows the next five pitches to be worth bonus points. Now, the field of play, because again, they're taking this around the world and you know, some soccer pitches really aren't that large. And so you got to change how this game looks. Also, you only have four people representing each side. Well, they've shrunk the field in half. Now, instead of the field being a quarter of a circle, right? The outfield is very much rounded. And if you put four of those together, almost like a trivial pursuit piece, you need four of them, right? It's, it's a quarter of a circle. And you know that home plate is at a right angle, 90 degrees. 90 times 4 is 360. That's a full circle. Yes, I used to be a math teacher. Hopefully you're able to follow this, but I'll make it a little bit simpler than that. Instead of the field being 90 degrees where you can see all that down the left field and right field line, it's only going to be 45 degrees. So basically the left field and right field foul poles are going to be moved in closer to center field. You're basically going to lop off left field and right field. So you can almost get by with just a center fielder. The fences are going to be unique to the space, which is also true of Major League Baseball. So you like that, 280 to about 320 feet. Are they going to be using wood bats or metal bats? Not necessarily important. Maybe the pros use wooden bats and the non-pros use metal bats. Should be fine. You got the pitcher and hitter. They're going to be up on an elevated stage to allow them to be focal points. Now, if you're picturing some kind of scaffold in your head, you go, is somebody going to fall off this stage? This isn't good. Yeah, no, I, I, I know they're going to figure out those kind of kinks, but they are going to have that spotlight on the pitcher, on the hitter. You're going to be watching for the ball to go over the fence. Players are going to be diving to make great catches in order to get their team's points and it's just going to be madcap. It's going to be what the home run derby is with a little couple extra elements involved in it. And yeah, there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser, a grand champion here in a tournament style type situation. And look, this is something that I think is going to be beneficial to baseball. I I sort of stopped myself short there from saying that baseball needs this. I I don't know that baseball needs this per se, but it could not hurt to try to get a younger generation, a more international generation of fans interested in the game of baseball. Let's grow the game. We know that the All-Star Game and All-Star Game weekend is one of the most exciting in all of sports. In all of sports. NBA may be more popular than baseball. And sure, the dunk competition is very enjoyable and exciting, but I think most fans will put the Home Run Derby as number one, especially with the tweaks that they have made to it in recent years with the clock. And so I think this really falls in line with that in so many ways. And I'll be excited to see what that looks like. I really will. And if, if this is just the, the tip of the iceberg, I'm really excited to see what else is lurking below those frigid waters. <laughs> All right, without further ado, here is the first episode Kenneth, Kevin, and myself recorded on Kyle Freeland. Again, go back and check out Brendan Rogers. We did a player preview that dropped on Monday at 5 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to be dropping them again at noon. And at 5 p.m., you can watch these Charlie Blackman, Ryan McMahon, Chris Bryant, Herman Marquez, Antonio Senzatella, and a wonderful catch all where we go through some of those newcomers and the bullpen for the Colorado Rockies, giving you 
what you need to get yourself caught up on, frankly, what is going to be an exciting season. You're allowed to feel excited for the Colorado Rockies for the first time in what feels like several years. You are very much allowed to be excited. And I'm excited to allow you guys an opportunity to hear the Kyle Freeland player preview. We make some bold predictions. You can actually go over on Twitter and vote on that now at DNVR underscore Rockies. Which bold prediction do you like the most? We might talk about the potential for a no-hitter, a certain pitching milestone, maybe an all-star appearance. We get into some bold predictions. Let us know what you like from that. Here it is, player preview for Kyle Freeland, opening day starter for your Colorado Rockies. We are not just talking about Colorado native and Denver's own Kyle Freeland. We're talking about Colorado Rockies 2022 opening day starting pitcher. Kyle Freeland, he was 7-8 last year with a 4-3-3 ERA and 23 starts after missing the first two months of the season with a left shoulder sprain. And from 13 starts last year, we got to see that Kyle Freeland of 2018 where he finished fourth in Cy Young Award voting from June 22nd to September 1st. Posted a 2.66 ERA, ranking seventh in the majors in ERA over that span. And getting the nod here from Bill Schmidt and Bud Black, you got to think, at least they think, he's going to do that again in 2022. Yeah, I mean, if you look at really at least the second half of Kyle Freeland's 2021 season, started looking like that guy we saw in 2018 again. There was a lot of vintage Freeland that's been showing up. Um, And I think, hey, man. It, they'll sign up for it again if it comes back. Three hundred runs or fewer in fifteen of his last eighteen starts last year. Yep. So what they're banking on is that that Kyle Freeland carries over to this year. And and I know a lot of folks were surprised about maybe Marquez not getting the opening day start and going to Kyle Freeland. But if you look at what he did last year, I think that that's a big thing for the Rockies. Say, yeah, we want that to carry over. And you know, and we've talked a little bit about Herman Marquez being the ace or not. You know, and, and that conversation has come up with Kyle Freeland as well. But if they just say, Kyle Freeland, go out there, pitch. Kyle Freeland, be Kyle Freeland. Mm-hmm. He's going to be all right. That was one of my questions is, like, what else does he need to do? And that's just be consistent. Do He did it last year. We saw it in, in 2018, 2019. Got sent down to the minors. Really had to work out a couple things. 2020 was whatever, yeah. right? So it, it's, it's really just a matter of going into the season healthy so that he can string it together for six months and just be himself. He doesn't really need to work on too many things or, or is there something he needs to get better with? I mean, the only thing that I will say is if you look into, at Freeland's numbers last year, there were some games that he got absolutely bombed. Yeah. And, and I think it's cutting down on those to be honest with you, because the vast majority, he was good. He was solid, but when he was off, he was off in a big way. And, and one of those or sorry, two of those happened in May. Uh, and then one happened in San Francisco in September but still, cutting back on those, I think, is that way that he takes that step forward and gets back to Cy Young vote-getting Kyle Freeland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2020 was obviously just this whole abnormality of a, of a year. Yeah. But it is fair to say that it was big for Kyle Freeland because 2019 was that much of a disaster. Oh, gosh. And it did kind of get him back on track. Last season, just to, to dovetail on what Kevin was saying, his first five starts, 5.23 ERA, Walk percentage, over 10%. K percentage, just 11%. He had that really scary shoulder strain in spring training, set him back. He came back, oh no, is this you know the 2019 Freeland that we're getting again? 
after those five starts, his next 18 starts, 3.24 ERA, 6.6 walk percent, 22.7 strikeout percent percentage. And that's including the seven-run dud yeah. against the Giants in September. So really, he had two-thirds of his season where he was that guy again. We saw it come back again. And I think that's why he's getting rewarded with the opening day start this year because they're expecting that same guy in 2022. You know one of the craziest things when I was looking at this? In in July, he had a 2.40 ERA in five starts, mm -hmm. and he was 0-4 <laughs> in those starts. So, I mean, that says a lot about sometimes the runs that he was getting as yeah. well. They didn't have any other options when he came back where maybe he would go out on, on a couple rehab starts to work out things. So it's, you know what, just do it at the majors. Mm -hmm. And so that impacted you know, his numbers negatively, but because he's healthy, same thing with Brendan Rogers. When you go back and you, you saw, you know, him, him miss really the first two months of the season came back at the end of May, but it took him a while to get going. Now he should be able to get going, except we got that shortened spring training. I think his start last Friday against the Mariners really went a long way. That was the day that you know, the announcement did come out that he'd be the opening day start. It made you feel a lot better that despite the fact that there's going to be this quick ramp up and you know, you, you'd like to, have the first two starts, uh, you know, the, the the fourth and fifth start of the spring, still be in spring training before the season gets going. Sure. You can't have that. All teams are going to be dealing with that. So that's just, it, it comes with the territory. But the fact that he's healthy, I think, is going to make that difference. And so he doesn't have those first five starts of difficulty that we saw last year. It's not really his fault. Yeah. And you mentioned it. Everybody's in the same boat right. when, it, when it comes to this rush. Uh, but if you watched that last or that last start on Friday against the Mariners, man, he looked good. Yeah, like there, oh, he man. looked very dialed in. Yeah. Um, so you have trust that as long as he's healthy and he's looking the way he is, that he's going to be you know stable to start the season. So. Yeah, in, in the start right before that, uh, you know, Chad Cool came out and said, I mean, he just got shelled mm -hmm. in the game against San Francisco. But he's like, well, I was working on some things. I was trying this. So he was kind of trying to brush it off. Freeland isn't working on anything. I mean, he's just going after it. And I think that's a really good sign for Rockies fans is that he's in a good place heading into the season. Yeah, yeah. He, he tried tinkering with his grip on his, his changeup. And he said, okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. I, I had fun with it. Whatever, we're good going forward. The biggest thing that he's, he does better than any pitcher in all of baseball, in all of baseball, is getting the double play mm -hmm. 66 times is if the, I think is the number since 2018, the most in all of MLB and getting the double play. And so again, if you're, if your guys are getting on base or we know at Coors field with the acreage, that was a word that, that I've, I've heard you use before there, Kenneth, the acreage out there, your bloop single gets in, not your fault. That's okay. Roll the two ball mm -hmm. six, four, three, double play. You know, the sweetest words you can hear in a Kyle Freeland start, and you've heard it a lot in the last few seasons. For sure. And and one thing that I love is when he gets that double play, he doesn't mind letting you know. The emotion that he wears yes. on the mound, I will tell you, I think that that does a lot for his teammates, does a lot for the fans to kind of get that energy going, and I think he feeds off that energy as well. Yeah, he's there's a, a competitor to him. And I think that's another reason why the Rockies wanted to – you know, make the opening day announcement for him. I will say Bill Schmidt was very anticlimactic about that whole thing. <laughs> it was just in the middle of the broadcast and he mumbles that, oh yeah, it's Freeland. It, you know, it lines up. But I think that they, Kyle Freeland really does act as a motor for, for the team as a whole, especially on when it's his day to pitch. Um, that left on base percentage too. I mean, that's something that's out of his control a lot as a pitcher. 
But anybody who manages that LOB, Freeland does it as good as them. Very true. Very true. Do you think we see another Cy Young Award type season? Again, fourth place in 2018, uh, the highest we've, we've, we've seen out of pitchers since Ubaldo Jimenez. Does he get back to that this year in 2023? Personally, I don't know that he gets back to that level. But I think he gets close to that level, yeah. let's just say. So I, I think that what you're going to see this year out of Kyle Freeland, which may dovetail a little bit into the bold prediction time, but but I do think that he's a guy who absolutely could get an all-star nod. I, I absolutely think he is a guy, if he can set the tone on opening day against the Dodgers at Coors Field, then I think that that's something he could carry forward and a lot of folks will take notice of it. 2018 is such a high bar he set for himself. Very true. You know, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's so tough. And I think that where the Rockies kind of as an organization have, have fallen at times is expecting career years out of guys. And 2018 kind of has to be a career year for yeah. Kyle Freeland. But I, I agree completely with Kevin that I think he approaches more of that 2018 guy than we've seen over the past two, two three seasons. Yeah. The Rockies may do that a lot, extrapolating mm-hmm. to say, hey, if everything goes perfectly perfect, 94 wins. Yeah. But you're right. We shouldn't heap that upon Freeland here. Bold prediction. What have you guys got for Kyle Freeland in 2022? Uh, I think I tipped it a minute ago. I yeah. think he's an all-star guy. I absolutely Ooh. do. I think he's an all-star guy. I don't think, again, he's at that Cy Young level. But as you mentioned, 2020 was such a weird year with the pandemic. Last year, he started the season hurt. This year, he's healthy. He's motivated. He's got that juice of the opening day starter. I think he carries that through all the way to the all-star game. Yeah, I uh, I bounced a couple of different ways with Freeland, but I'm going to go with the, the positive on this one. I think Kyle Freeland is just built for that moment to happen at Coors Field, and we almost had it with that no-hitter. I'm going to meet him halfway. Kyle Freeland is going to carry a perfect game into the eighth inning this year Ooh, at Coors Field. I like that one. I like that. Does he get booed at Dodger Stadium? How bad are the boos? I guess it depends on the opening day start. Yeah. At the All Star game. That, well, that's true. As long as he doesn't cross uh, Kershaw like uh, Tyler Anderson did. Wasn't it Anderson that did? Oh, boy. I can't recall that one. This, this is not ringing any bells. Okay. Well, but I would I, love to look it up. Well, we'll look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. No, but I'm sure he would relish that. Be, being the bad <laughs> yeah, guy, being the heel. Go ahead, know? boo me, because I'm an All Star. <laughs> My bold prediction for Kyle Freeland is he's going to throw 180 innings this year. It's only happened 34 times. In club history, in fact, since 2011, only Chassin did it twice, I think 11 and 12. Uh, Marquez did it twice. De La Rosa, Betis, and Freeland have ever hit that mark in the last 10 years. So it's it's kind of a rare. That's the new 200 innings. I think he hits 180, and obviously the start on opening day puts them, he puts him in a net positive there to get going this season. Here's something bold for you. Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, has got themselves a solution for your sleeping issues. It's Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies. They're going to leave you feeling rested and refreshed each and every morning, especially when you consider that over-the-counter stuff. It'll just knock you out with powerful drugs that leave you in a fog, and you don't want that. Wana has a carefully calibrated formula that contains 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC. They're going to have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. And in zero minutes, you can go ahead and order your Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies over at Lightshade and get 25% off it with code DNVR. Use code DNVR at any of Lightshade's 10, soon to be 11 Denver Metro area locations. Use code DNVR and get that sleep you've been dying for. 
probably a few months, you can now get it with one Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies. A couple bits of miscellany before we talk about the minor league rosters. There was a trade that went down on Monday evening between the Tigers and Rays. Another somewhat just straight-up baseball trade, Austin Meadows, goes to Detroit, and the Rays get a middle infield prospect. He's made a couple appearances already the last two seasons with Detroit and Isaac Paredes, along with a competitive balance round B pick. That is very interesting. Uh, in fact, I, I would think that the Rays would have been able to get a little bit more for Austin Meadows than what they did, but they must really like Paredes, and they really value that competitive balance round B pick. Greg Bird, you may recall another one of those Coloradans doing their thing in Major League Baseball. He was with Albuquerque all of last year, didn't get a chance to work out a couple things that he was working on and make it to the Rockies. Well, he did not make the Blue Jays roster after you know nearly making it. He was subsequently let go. So he is now dangling out there as a free agent. We wish him the best of luck. Yesterday, I did mention Justin Upton designated for assignment. Is he a fit on this team? Well, look, maybe before the Rockies acquired Randall Gritchick, you could have seen a way that Justin Upton would fit on this team. Right now, I'm just not sure. Could he be a fit on this team maybe on May 2nd? Once the starting pitching you know, settles in a little bit, the bullpen settles in, rosters go back from 28-man rosters to the normal 26-man rosters. You see what you've got and say, well, you know what? I don't know that we need all of these defensive outfielders. Maybe you're able to make a trade. I don't know if Jonathan Daza is that guy who has no more options, but other teams still very much covet. Maybe, but right now I'm not sure that Upton really is a fit for this team. I don't think it would be awful for the Rockies to pick him up and make room for him. It certainly would be challenging defensively when you have two somewhat part-time defensive players in Blackman and Upton. If you're really confident in CJ Crone and his abilities defensively over at first base where you're not going to need to get him off his feet and put him in there at DH, then maybe. You know, stranger things have happened. Dodgers rostered Albert Pujols for most of last year for at least half a season, and they didn't even have a DH. So, you know, if done effectively, Justin Upton could be pretty lethal at Coors Field. You saw it when he was with the Diamondbacks, which seems like a million years ago. But Upton's best days may be behind him, but I think he still has a little bit left in the tank. Have you got a chance to see any of that footage of players learning that they've made the opening day roster, two really cool ones that came out. Ethan Roberts from the Cubs. You saw his manager, Dave Ross, let him know in the dugout he had made the team. That's, again, wonderful for anyone to get that news, whether you're a super prospect or whether you're someone who's just you know, fighting tooth and nail just to hang on and, and continue to play, and you have belief in yourself, and you find out your organization has belief in you too. So that was wonderful for Ethan Roberts. Speaking of super prospects, Julio Rodriguez, one of the top five prospects in all of baseball, 21-year-old outfielder, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez. Really cool video. Even, even better than that because they, they set him up. They set him up. They got the camera going. And you know his manager, Scott Service, sits him down in the office to let him know, you know what? 
I think you should uh, you should be okay playing in the outfield with another deck on top of what you're used to there in Tacoma. Be yourself. Play your game. Be excited. Have fun out there. Be J Rod. It's J Rod time now. You know, do you do you think your parents uh, are going to be able to make it? Oh, I I think they can make it to Minneapolis in time. They're going they're going to want to. Well, don't worry about it. They're already on their way. And man, just the excitement in this kid's face. Again, we we see these players get drafted, and you just think they've got the world served to them on a platter. And yeah, sure, for some of them, they're they're very fortunate, but they work for what they're able to get. And so it's it's wonderful seeing that kind of stuff go down. You know, speaking of players who there's been a lot of expectations on, that takes us perfectly into minor league rosters that have been set up and down all four of the Rockies affiliates. It takes us in nicely to gentlemen by the name of Riley Pine, fourth overall selection in the 2016 draft. You may recall he retired last year, took some time away to figure out a couple things in his life and decided to come back this year. It was really great seeing him there on the backfield still just has this presence about him as just a, a big Big guy, Kansas bred, corn fed, whatever you want to call it. He's a big dude, and he'll actually start the year at Double A Hartford. So we we really wish him the best. And you know, anything he's able to do at this point going forward is is fantastic to see. You know, just wish him the best, hoping that he enjoys himself, has a good time out there with his friends and peers, with the Yard Goats. Also going to be there in Connecticut. Coco Montez, that was one of the interesting moves of note. Coco has gotten a couple mentions here on our show last year. He led the Eastern League with 37 doubles. Second most in the league was 30. Granted, you could say, well, you know, some guys start the year in double A and they move up to triple A or they start the year in high A and then they move up to double A. So not too many players get a full season, but Coco Montez has been an intriguing player for a while, a guy who's Frequently left off top 30 lists, but nevertheless, I like what he's able to do. He can play all around the infield, second, short, third base. He's repeating double A. We'll see how long he ends up staying there. There's really nobody in triple A right now that's blocking him. You got Colton Welker and Elias Montero over at third base and first base, but again, Coco can play second and shortstop. That was a strange one for me. Another interesting one or rather interesting two, but for a good reason, left-handed starting pitcher, Joe rock and outfielder, Robbie Martin. They're actually going to skip low a and go straight to high a. I like that aggressive move. Did get a chance to catch up with Joe rock during spring training. So make sure you are subscribed to the dnvr.com so you can get that exclusive interview when we go ahead and unveil that both players were impressive last year, immediately upon getting drafted did well in the Arizona complex league. So it'll be exciting to see those two in Spokane this year, who should still have a really solid club, them Fresno and even double a, I think all three teams this year for the Rockies are going to come close to a winning record or, or just have one. Isotopes, I think they'll be around 500, but double A on down, including the Dominican Summer League. I think there's a very good chance we see multiple playoff appearances from Rockies affiliates yet again. As for the other players, you know, rule of thumb is if you spent a full year in one place, 
odds are you move up to another level. Again, Coco Montez was the exception this year, a bit strange. And the exception can be when you're in AAA. Look, if you don't make the big league club, you can't go up anywhere. You're not able to make that progression, right? If you move to a new level during the season, you're probably going to start at the same level. Most times, that's true. The exception here is Ezekiel Tovar, who does go up and will start the season at AA. Was very exciting all spring, training long. We'll see if maybe he gets a chance to go up to AAA. That could really speed up his clock. It does seem like the start of the 2024 season is when we'll get Ezekiel Tovar. Could be sooner than that. At this point, though, after everything you hear with Ryan Rollison and his injury issues that he's had, unfortunately, again, very unlucky circumstances for that young man. You're never guaranteed a time to arrive in the major. So hopefully Tovar continues to tear the cover off the bar ball. Hopefully Tovar continues to tear the cover off the ball. Carl Kaufman, also another one of those guys who's going to repeat at double A. But I want to play you some audio from down in Arizona where I caught up with Two of the guys that I've just mentioned here, Coco Montez and Isaac Collins, similar players, both unheralded guys. Isaac Collins a little bit more so. You probably saw him Monday night even. But they're unheralded prospects. They can play multiple positions in the infield. Collins actually more of a second baseman outfielder at this point. They both do not wear batting gloves. Rather unique in 2022. As I said, both will start the year in Hartford. As I said, Coco probably shouldn't be there too long in our conversation that you'll hear in a moment. Montez is a part of that final class of Rockies prospects that can say that they've played at both Grand Junction and Asheville. Yeah, Grand Junction, rest in peace. No longer a part of affiliated minor league baseball. Asheville still sticking around, but they are now an affiliate of the Houston Astros. Lancaster also is in that boat. They are no longer around, but now Rockies affiliated with Fresno Grizzlies and Spokane. So found that to be interesting. Montez talking about those two communities that he really liked. Also asked him a couple questions about playing at altitude, which comes into play when he goes to Albuquerque and working with ice Dope's manager, Warren Schaefer, which also is a somewhat of a preview of what he'll be dealing with later on in this season. Patrick Lyons here from DNVR Sports with Coco Montez. Coco, first question. Hey, how was the offseason? It was great. You know, I was back home in Miami. Got to hang on my family, friends, and uh, get to work down there. Got working on a couple things that I evaluated myself after last season that I felt like I needed to get better at, and we'll see how uh, it plays out this year. Without giving too much away for the opposing teams and pitchers, uh, what were some of those things you were working on? Uh, mainly... Plate discipline, you know, I felt like I was chasing, helping pitchers out a little bit too much, just working on hitting balls that I know I can hit hard and taking the other ones, even if it's a strike sometimes, you know, just giving the pitchers that pitch. It's, the game's hard enough. I can't be trying to hit the stuff that they're trying to get me out with. And then just getting bigger, faster, and stronger. I was a little skinny last year, put on some weight, and I think that's going to help me a lot. Obviously, players lose weight during the course of the season. Any tricks to, you know, try to minimize that and, and, and keep the weight on? Just got to eat. <laughs> That's all it is. You know, it's all about the calories in, calories out. And then I try to eat healthy, so it's 
definitely got to eat a lot of it because healthy foods, less calories. You said off-season down in Florida, Coral Gables, a couple of good pros out there. Uh, Yonder Alonso, a guy who's a former Rockies player, you get an opportunity to work out with any of those guys, either there or even at South Florida. Uh, I didn't work. I haven't really uh, met Yonder and or Mike Lowell. They both went to my high school. I saw them at our alumni game, but uh, I did get to face a lot of of uh, major league arms in for like live at bats leading into spring training. So that was nice, kind of be able to test my skills against those guys. And other than that, I was mostly working out with minor league guys, some of my friends that I've grown up playing with, and that's about it. Other, one guy that I've gotten. Over the years, we hit at the same facility. He's retired now, I believe, is John Jay. He's a great guy, awesome guy. He's helped me a lot throughout my career. Yeah, yeah, great great outfielder. Nice nice career for John Jay uh, around the league. Last year, uh, I think, did you lead the league, Eastern League in, in doubles? You're definitely in the top five. Uh, I know that. I, yeah, I believe I did. And yeah. I tied the franchise record for the yard goats. Who, who had that record, do you know? I have no idea. The, the, Ryan McMahon, maybe? It's a, it's a pretty uh, early... Franchise record, the team was made like in 2015. Hey, no, that, we're counting it. We're counting it. That works. That, that goes on the resume. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, we talked to Jeff Dooley uh, in the offseason, Yard Goats announcer, and, you know, you, your name came up because, again, you're you're one of those guys who maybe gets overlooked a little bit, and so it is what it is, but that ability to now turn those doubles possibly into home runs, that's just a result. You can't really control that. Um, how do you just stay within yourself to just play your game? Uh, just trust in my abilities, trust what has got me to where I am, and then I'm going to stick with my same approach, just swinging at better pitches, trying to still do the same things, hit line drives into the gaps, mainly working to the other side of the field, and hopefully the, the 15, 20 pounds that I've put on helps those balls that were at the warning track last year off the fence go over now. What's it like having a new set of coaches every year where obviously you can build upon last year and you get some new advice? What's that experience like always having some, some new suggestions being thrown out into the ether for you? It's, it's awesome because you get to see so many different coaches out here. We have great coaches, their perspectives and ways that they, they think they could help me get better. And I get to listen to everyone and kind of put together what I think will help me become the best player I can be. I imagine you've gotten a little bit of chance to work with Isotope's manager, Warren Schaefer, uh, early impressions of, of Schaefer so far? Uh, I've, know, I've known Schaefer since I first got in here just because of uh, like our instructional leagues and things like that. He's always out here. He's an awesome, awesome coach. I love the energy that he brings to the field every day. Uh, very good uh, defensive coach, and I'm excited to work with him throughout the year, hopefully if I can make that roster with my defense. Yeah, and he, he was a player that was an infielder that moved around a little bit. How has that been for you, a, a guy who – Throughout your whole career, you kind of have a position, but now you're all around the infield wherever you're needed most. Uh, growing up, you know, you always want to play one position because you see the the big the, the big names like they're in their same position every day. But as I've gotten older, I've realized like the more positions I can play, the more valuable I am to whatever team I'm on that day. So I think it's it helps me as a player like for being valuable, and then it also helps the team. I can go in whenever someone goes down, I can go plug in in that position and hopefully do, do the job and help the team win. Hartford, beautiful ballpark, East Coast. Isotopes play in a really great facility, but they're at altitude. What have you heard uh, about you know, surviving that kind of environment? So my first year of rookie ball, we were play, I played in Grand Junction, Colorado. So we had some altitude there. Definitely like it more for the hitting part of it. That part's fun. But uh, I didn't really have any issues injury-wise. 
we'll see this year. You know, this year's a little different. If I'm in AAA, there's we fly um, to certain games and things like that. So I try to take my my recovery very seriously. I'm trying to get my eight hours, nine hours of sleep, eat healthy. I've learned that a lot as I've gotten older throughout my career. You know, earlier in my career, I was maybe didn't think that stuff was that important, and it definitely plays a big difference in in your day to day. So we'll see. You mentioned Grand Junction, and again, it might be one of those things you reflect on later on, but you and, and your group are actually the last to play at both Grand Junction and Asheville now with their kind of restructuring. For people in, in those communities that, that love their Rockies baseball, what are some of your favorite memories, and what do you love about those communities? I love both places. Grand Junction was amazing. It was my first experience of professional baseball. We got to go to the championship, so that was nice. My host family was amazing. Uh... Asheville, also another amazing spot. I love the city of Asheville, playing there and those, with those fans on the weekends. It's just awesome, you know. I, I I wish we could have stayed with those teams, but, you know, I don't really get to control that. So it's really it. You know, I'm excited to get on to the next level, the next city, and play for some, some new fans. You can't control the outcomes, but you can control yourself. What goals do you have for the 2022 season? To win a lot of games, because last year in Hartford, we didn't win much, and this year, I really want to get back to, to winning games, just helping whatever team I'm on that day win and do anything I can to help them win. Now, Isaac Collins has been somewhat of a favorite in the organization, kind of in the similar vein to Hunter Stovall, two guys that don't get enough credit for what they're doing. I think Collins has a little bit more projectability in him, again, can play second base, play some outfield. We talk about that. Looking up to guys like Brett Boswell and Garrett Hampson. Collins also experienced a serious jump in home runs last year. Where did this power stroke finally come along? Or is it just, frankly, you get a little bit older, you get a little bit more mature, the doubles turn into homers. He talks about that. And then finally, he does what can only be described as the best impersonation of Creighton University's fantastic head coach, Ed Service. Shout out to fellow Blue Jay, Justin Wick, for the hot tip on this one. And maybe, you know, this part right there at the end is only for folks in Omaha, Nebraska, who know Ed Service. But if you know, you know, and you are going to love that little bit from Isaac Collins. Offseason, uh, how did that go for you? Kind of the first full season that you had, 2021. And so this is your first real big offseason, I would think. Yeah, it went well. Um, like you said, it was my first real off season after having a full season, so it was good, you know, getting my work in and actually knowing like what I needed to work on, you know, what you know, what feels I needed to get done, you know, with my swing and how I needed to be physically for, you know, hundred and twenty games, hundred and forty games. So yeah, it was it was good. I, I was in a good situation, surrounded myself around good people, so I'm happy with, you know, this past off season for sure. How much of that had to do with just the fact that you finally had your first full season of, of baseball, and so that kind of maybe highlighted a few more things to, to focus on? Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. You know, playing 90, 9,500 games last year for the first time in my career, you know, I, I learned a lot, um, especially at the pro game. Like, pro game's a lot different than college ball. So, you know, being able to go through a full season and know what it takes, you know, physically and mentally to be able to get through that, um, you know, helped going into this offseason. You know, I, I knew exactly what I needed to work on and what I needed to get stronger at. And um, ultimately, I felt like I had a good offseason. I feel really prepared going into this year. And you went back to Omaha to, to work with, you know, your former coach, 
former teammates, you know, and, and like you said, it's a, a couple of big leaguers too uh, down at Creighton. Yeah, um, I would hit occasionally at Creighton, but Omaha's it's a little bit of a baseball town, so there's a lot of different um, facilities that you can go to. Um, this gym that I go to, it's you know completely separate from Creighton University, but the guy who runs it is actually Ed Service's son, Joe Service, and you know he's got a couple big leaguers there, minor leaguers, and he knows what he's doing, and it's all baseball um, specific. So, um, like I said, just being surrounded by you know big leaguers and other minor leaguers striving towards the same goal, it's you know it, it helps you know it helps me out tremendously. I, I find all things in life to be like the gift and a curse for one reason or another. It's all about how you, your perspective, right? You start last year in low A, and you may be thinking, I'm ready for high A, but less than a month, boom, you're raking, and you, you do get that promotion. Yeah, um, baseball's a tough sport, man. You know, it's it's really easy to, you know, fall down the hole and get focused on, um, you know, results and, and all that, but if you just, you know, stay within yourself and, you know, take it day by day and, you know, just try to bring your best self to the park every day and try to take advantage of each and every moment, then eventually, you know, those results will come. And that's how I kind of approached the season last year. I knew that like going into camp last year, my biggest thing was, oh, I'm just trying to get out of here. Like I'm trying to get to an affiliate ball. And once I did get to affiliate ball, I was like, all right, now I'm just going to take it day by day. And, you know, hopefully the results come through my, you know, my preparation and, Eventually it did, and, you know, the results did start to come, but, you know, it's a new year, it's a new season, and, you know, they want to see if I can do it again, and if, if this is the type of player that I am, and I fully believe in that. Yeah, the results definitely came as far as home runs, you know, Grand Junction, none your first year, okay, not a big deal, small sample size, but you got, you, you knocked nine last year. Uh, Where did that power surge come from? Um... It ultimately just came from my approach and just staying within myself. Like I said, um, there's a there's a bit of a learning curve in pro ball, and I learned that quickly in short season. And um, going into last year, you know, I, I knew that I'm not you know a, a big power guy, but I also know that I am strong and I've got a you know quick bat. And if I get a hold of one, I, I know it can go. So it's more of just you know focusing on my approach and staying in the middle of the field, and then. You know, just hitting home runs on accident, really. You got to see Fresno, got to see Spokane. Everyone there, you know, keeps a lot of praise on you about, like, hey, Isaac Collins is a guy you got to keep your eye on. For you, who's somebody that maybe doesn't get as much praise or, or notoriety that you've played with the last few few seasons? Um, probably Hunter Stillwell. That's the first name that came to my mind. He's just a, he's a baseball player, like, through and through. He's obviously a smaller stature guy like me, but... Um, the competitiveness that that guy has is off the charts. And playing with him last year, I kind of learned that from him. Like, he doesn't he doesn't care, you know, what other teams think of him or what kind of scouting reports they got of him. Like, he knows who he is as a baseball player, and that's he's going to grind it out, and he's going to out-compete the guy in front of him. And I respected that a lot from him, and I learned that from him. Like, hey, at the end of the day, we're playing a competitive sport. And if you just compete at a higher level than the opponent, you're – more than likely going to win. Playing second base, playing a little bit of outfield. A few guys in the farm system are, are doing that too. Brett Boswell, one of those names. Big league level. Garrett Hampson, do you look to those guys as kind of setting the tone a little bit and saying, hey, that's okay. This is a good spot to be in to be able to do multiple positions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seeing G-Ham be able to play 
center field and second base at the big league level and you're going to make it look easy and just let his athleticism take over. It's, you know, it's, it's something that I personally I think I can do too as well and, you know, switch hit at the same time. So, like I said, it's just staying within yourself and, you know, trying to get better every day and, um, you know, not letting the noise get to you and just, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing and that's, you know, getting better every day. All right, we got a lot of Creighton listeners uh, on on the podcast, and so we might have to snip it. You, you had a good Ed, Ed serviceism, you know, a phrase that he says a lot. I, I I hear the impersonation is is probably the best in the world from Isaac Collins. Uh, I've I've heard better, but okay. <laughs> I mean, he's he's big on preparation, so it's, it's you know before games, guys, we we need to have preparation there. You know, the, the the energy level is just. That's not where I want it to be. If we get that energy level where it needs to be in the preparation, you know, then we'll, then we'll get the win. Um, yeah, the, yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Man, Friday can't get here soon enough. I'm super excited for all the new things we're going to be bringing you this season. I, I can't tell you about them, but hey, just wait about 48 hours and a few more things will Come to light again at Ice House. You'll get two new Rocky shirts dropping that goes down at 11 a.m. on opening day on Friday. A few more surprises possibly in the works. Got to stick around, wait to see. Got to head over to the YouTube channel there for DNVR Sports so that you can see the rest of our player preview series and the bold predictions. They get bolder and bolder as the episodes go on. We really tried to one-up each other, I think, intentionally, unintentionally, not sure, but those guys are fantastic. Again, Kenneth Weber and Kevin Henry from Purple Row and Rocks Pile, respectively. It's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. You get all the great coverage of Broncos, Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, Rapids, Buffs, Rams, Rugby, Golf. Am I missing anything? No, but you are if you are not a member. You miss out on that member-sized beer, too. You're going to be looking at your beer and saying, ah, this this is a perfect-sized beer. And when everyone around you has that member-sized beer, you're going to want that bad boy. You're definitely going to want that when you're hanging out at any of our watch parties or even just in an afternoon at the corner of Colfax in York at the DNVR bar. This has been great. It's been exciting. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons, and you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.